and welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. This is your host, Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and currently an ABA therapist at a private center. This podcast is filled with tips and tricks for not only being the best special education teacher you can be in the classroom, but living the best life you can live outside of the classroom as well. After all, I'm all about balance. Hope you guys are excited. Let's jump on in. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I don't think I've ever been more nervous to share something than I am right now, but what I have to share is such an important part of today's podcast. I'm finally sharing parts of why I left my teaching job, and this was a doozy to reflect on. I started teaching a classroom for students with autism in 2013. I made mistakes that many first-year teachers make, and I struggled. I slowly grew a little bit each year, and I was doing better and better until that defining day of May 9th, 2016. If you followed me for any amount of time, I've alluded to this awful day. I can't figure out a good way to lead into it, so I'll just put it out there. I was placed on probation that day. Before I continue, please know that there's a lot I cannot share due to confidentiality. What I can tell you was I was not put on probation due to one huge issue. Instead, it was smaller things. I didn't understand at the time how much responsibility laid on me as a case manager. I didn't know how to delegate. I didn't know how to make my classroom run without me. I was married on April 30th of that year. I remember in the weeks leading up to my wedding, I told my now husband that I wanted to cancel my honeymoon. I was facing a big scenario at work and I felt like I couldn't leave. I did end up going on my honeymoon, which continues to be one of my biggest regrets. And I returned to work on May 9th. A lot happened while I was gone and I wasn't there to fix problems, answer questions, and navigate situations. By the time I got back to the country, the mountain of small things had stacked up. And the truth is, if I had slowed down and believed in myself, I could have answered a lot of those questions. I could have provided examples of what was working well, and the situation could have worked out differently. Sadly, that didn't happen. I've not talked about this in my podcast before, but I do have an anxiety disorder. I struggle with constantly believing I'm not good enough, and when I got back to work and got caught up on what happened while I was out, the guilt coursed through my body. My head started to tell me I always knew you weren't good enough, and I froze. Instead of sticking up for myself, I accepted everything. When I was told I needed to make improvements as a teacher, I agreed. I mean, I'd been telling myself for years I wasn't good enough. Of course someone else had figured that out. When I was told probation was the next step, I said okay. That was the biggest mistake I made. Probation isn't necessarily a bad thing. When it's used correctly, it's a tool of improvement. But probation carries a negative connotation, one that followed me way past improving and for the remainder of my teaching career. I needed to leave my school, but because I was on probation, I couldn't. As I mentioned, I made a lot of improvements and ended up having a glowing recommendation the following year. Honestly, I can't believe how much better of a teacher I was at the end of that year, but I was still stuck. My best analogy is when someone loses weight, but when they look in the mirror, they still see their previous size. 
I knew I was a better teacher. I could see it in the progress my students were making. I could see it in the IEPs I wrote, in my parent communication, in the way other people asked me for advice. I knew with my head I was a better teacher, but I didn't believe it in my heart. I spent two years in that space, wanting to leave, but feeling like I couldn't, thinking that if I went somewhere new, I would fail. If I had changed where I was working, I might have found happiness again, and that's the point of this podcast. I'll share how I got to the point where I actually left and what I considered as career alternatives. If you've made it this far, thank you. This is something I've never shared, and it was so painful to do, but I always strive to be honest, and that is the very real part of my story. If you want to hear more about the next step, keep listening. So as I mentioned, I taught at my school for six years. The last year was this previous school year. It was the 2018-2019 school year, and the school year started out really rough. I remember telling my husband, Corey, probably the second week of school, that I felt like it was time for me to leave. I wasn't happy anymore. I wasn't excited. And I could feel in myself that I was returning to that horrible point of 2016. The sadness was creeping over me, and I was getting better at recognizing the signs. But he told me that it might have been too soon. He said, school has just started. Give it a chance. It's too risky to leave right now. Let's talk again in a couple of weeks if it's not getting better. And I said, okay. My classroom was tough, but slowly got better. But then the first week of October, I had to travel. I had to travel to Spain for my brother's wedding. And I had fear that I can't even describe to go. As you've just heard the last time, I left the country for a week. I came back to a situation that broke me down. And I was so afraid of that happening again. And let me tell you, the second time I wrote amazing subplans, I had a fantastic support staff who were very enthusiastic and me going to Spain for my brother's wedding. I had therapists who were going to help. I told every supervisor I could think of about 72 times I was going to be gone. I honestly couldn't have done anything more to prepare my class for me being out. And yet, I had such fear. And my brother got married in a town called Sevilla. And so we flew into Madrid. And we had to take a subway-type train from the airport to the train station. Once we got to the train station, we were going to take a train ride to Sevilla. It was on that subway that I told Corey... I have to leave my school. I could just tell that even though everything was fine, I needed to go. I had so much fear in my heart. In fact, I even asked my brother not to get married during the school year. And I'm so sad for that now because he and his wife deserved to have the wedding they wanted to have, where they wanted to have it, when they wanted to have it. And the fact that I even thought about placing my job above their happiness makes me sad for myself and where I'd let myself get to. So even though I loved my students and I loved the people that I worked with, I recognized the sign that it was time for me to have a change of pace. So when we came back, I considered a couple of different options. 
The first two I considered were changing the type of classroom I was working in and the age level I was working in. And there were two classrooms that I looked at. The first one was a classroom for students with intellectual disabilities. In my district, we had self-contained classrooms for students with autism, students with intellectual disabilities, students with multiple disabilities, and so on. A school that was a couple miles from mine had their elementary intellectual disabilities classroom open and I thought about applying for it. But I didn't want to leave my classroom in the middle of the year, and this posting popped up at the end of October. And I also, as I said, was afraid. I was afraid to go teach at a different school. You know, I had made a lot of mistakes at my school, but I also knew people really well, and I had people that supported me, and I was afraid of going somewhere new and not knowing anybody. So then I thought about a different position at my school. My school had a preschool autism position, and that became open, I think it was somewhere around January. And I thought about applying for that. I said, I can get a change. Instead of working with 9 and 10-year-olds, I can work with 2-year-olds. It'll be fresh, but I'll still be in a school of people that I know. But then I thought about it, and although I knew I needed to leave my classroom, it was painful because I loved those kids so much and I didn't feel like I could continue to work at my school and watch someone else teach my class. Would, that was going to be too painful for me as well. So I said, okay, I think I need to just leave. And so I, it was very sad for me to close the chapter on teaching. And I, I'm not sure that I will never go back. But for the sake of this podcast, I'm just going to move past that because it's still a little emotional for me to talk about. But then I started to consider what are some other things that I could do. I did think about going to a private center. So still working in a teaching capacity, but where I live in Northern Virginia, there are a couple of almost like center-based schools uh, where students are working on more life skills. And I thought that might be nice. It might be nice to work in an environment where everybody works with children with special needs. You know, I had a really supportive school, but my last year I had a fourth grade teacher on one side of me and a second grade teacher on the other side. Both were very nice, but they didn't really understand what my classroom was like. And I imagined, what if I'd had special education professionals on either side of me? Would, would that make it easier? So I looked at those centers and I did a little bit of research to try and figure out what kind of jobs I could do. Another thing I considered was working for adult services. So I got my degree and I have an an endorsement to my degree in adapted curriculum. And we'd had a night where professionals came out to talk to us about how they work with people in the special needs community. And I remember a woman who worked for an agency and she helps place adults with special needs in jobs. And I considered, oh, that might be a cool different avenue. And so I really did a lot of research, and there really is a lot more out there than you might realize once you start searching. Yeah, I recommend just searching um, special needs job. I recommend taking education out of your search term because when you search special education, I found just special education teaching jobs came up. But when I searched special needs or if I searched adults with disabilities or individuals with disabilities, more jobs became open. But then... As many of you know, I have a Teachers Pay Teachers store, and I really wanted to figure out a way that I could balance that better. 
one of the things that was hard when I was teaching was I was putting the 50, 60 hours a week into my classroom, and then I was coming home and doing another 30 hours a week on my Teachers Pay Teachers store. I wouldn't say that I was burning out, but I was getting a little toasty, and I wanted to find a better balance. I knew I wanted to find a job that still gave me access to working with individuals with disabilities, but gave me more time to work on my Teachers Pay Teachers store during the day, so that way at night I could actually watch TV with my husband and not be locked up in my office. One of the other things I considered was just working for my Teachers Pay Teachers store full time, but I knew if I did not have act, if I did not get out into the community and work with individuals with special needs, that wouldn't make me happy either. And that's how I found the job that I'm in now. I work as a master ABA therapist at an ABA center. So I thought that all ABA services were done in home, and I didn't necessarily want to be an in-home therapist. But then I had a student who went to a center every day after school, and I got to know the owner of that center by her coming to IEPs and team meetings. One day, I googled the name of her center and realized that it might be the perfect solution for me. She was hiring part-time therapists, who had, and she had flexible schedules. And I'll say that I did have the benefit of not needing benefits or insurance or anything like that because I am married and I can access all of that through my husband's job. So I didn't have to look for a job that would provide me health benefits. And this job does not because it is part-time work. I also did not need to match my teaching salary. Uh, thank goodness my husband does all of the budgeting and figure that out for me because I would have no idea. But he gave me a realistic amount that I needed to pull into the house for it to, for us to be able to move forward. And this job was the perfect solution. I would still have that steady income from the ABA job. I would get to work with students with disabilities. I would have flexibility to work on my Teachers Pay Teachers store. So I took the leap and applied. And I'm happy. I'm definitely happy. It's still hard. This was a really hard podcast to share because I was sharing a lot of things I've never shared before. But I wanted to share it for two main reasons. First, I wanted you to know that if you are ever placed on probation or you're ever in a situation where you maybe didn't do your best or you didn't feel like you did your best, it's okay because I've been there and I understand what it feels like. And I think there's not a lot of us there so I felt like it was really important for me to be that voice that said, I've been there too. I also wanted you to know that they, that you need to make the change. If you're not happy, find something new. You don't have to stay at a job that doesn't make you happy anymore. There are other things that you can do. There are other schools. There are other classrooms. There are other ways to work with people with disabilities. All of our students grow up and leave the school system. There are adults past the age of 22 with disabilities who still need support in the community. And there are a lot of jobs and agencies that you can look into to support on that level. Don't be afraid to leave. Don't believe that you're not strong enough to start a new job. I hope this podcast helped you feel a little bit more inspired. And if anything in this podcast resonated with you or sounds familiar to a story, I would love if you came and said hello to me. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, I would greatly appreciate if you could leave a rating and a review. I'm not sure I've ever been this vulnerable on any social media platform. 
and I greatly appreciate all of you who listened through this to the end. I will talk to you guys again soon. I'm popping back in at the end because I realized that I forgot to tell you guys about this week's freebie. I do have a print that you can print off and hang in your house, in your kitchen, your bedroom, in your classroom, pretty much anywhere that you need a gentle reminder. It's all about the strength that we get after we make a mistake. A mistake does not define you. It helps make you stronger. If you want to access that freebie, you can click on the link that's in the description of this podcast. I've decided to not make you guys follow bit.ly links anymore because the point of this podcast is to inspire you. It's to uplift you. This is meant to be a positive light in your life, and I don't want it to be difficult for you guys to access any of the content. So if you want to download that freebie, just go click the link in the description of this podcast, and I will catch you guys in my next episode. Bye! Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you like what you heard, I would greatly appreciate if you left me some feedback. And if you want to hear more, go ahead and give me a follow. While you're at it, come say hi on social media. You can find me at Adaptation Station on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and AdaptationStation.net. It's taco night in my house, so I'm going to go have a delicious dinner and a margarita, and I will talk to you guys again next Friday. <laughs>